0: Make sure to give my diet a five-star review. Get, make sure to like and subscribe to his YouTube. Thank you for listening and enjoy the yourself. show. <laughs> welcome to faithful politics this is josh bertram and i'm with the fantastic snoop frog
1: snoop froggy frog
0: snoop froggy frog i promise you i'm not being racist that's what he put on his on his name for the little application we're using i just wanted to clear that up yeah i'm not racist like amy coney barrett
1: yeah. You're, you're, you're not, you're not telling like an army of anti froggy frogs to stand back and, uh, stand by stand by. Yeah. You know, actually funny, <laughs> funny, funny story about, um, the, the real Snoop Doggy dog is I actually made money off of him.
0: Did um, you really, what'd you do?
1: I was at the Burbank airport, um, for work and he was flying out that day and, um, the cops um were arresting him for for weed (laughs) and and uh it was it was sort of like a non-busy time of the day so there weren't really a whole lot of people around so i just pulled out my camera this is this is back in the day when like cameras weren't attached to your phones um and uh i i just started taking a bunch of pictures of like snoop dogg and some other people and and uh, Facebook wasn't really around at that time, but I I was kind of connected with some people on Hollywood, and they're like, "Hey, you should sell those pictures to a tabloid magazine because they'll uh, they'll give you money for it if you were like the only one taking pictures." So I said, "No, oh, okay, sure." So I did, sold them to a tabloid, got a couple hundred bucks, um, and um, yeah, so Snoop Dogg paid me. There Dude, you go. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should write him a thank you note.
1: I I should, yeah. Um y- you can hear more of uh Will Wright's Fantastic Adventures on um follow on podcasts. But um Yes at, actually, actually be, be, before we get we get too deep, I, I, I do wanna say a world of things to all of our listeners out there. Um we just reached uh two thousand downloads. Um yes. and I just looked at our stats and we're actually in Every single continent. Um, wow. Are you yeah, serious? With, yeah, with the exception of Antarctica. So,
0: uh, you know, I, I never really liked people from Antarctica anyway.
1: You know what? You shouldn't be so close minded. I, <laughs> I think there's an audience there that is just hungry. <laughs> to learn about Real politics, faith. yeah, and faith. So, you know, we 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 may need a, to to film a special live version of of faithful politics in an igloo or something down there. I don't. You know i I Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. If, I hopefully igloo isn't like a negative term. I I apologize if I've offended anybody who's in the igloo. I'm sure
0: business. you have.
1: Yeah, but.
0: You know, um, it's all right.
1: Yeah. Dude, so, this has
0: been a quite quite the week, hasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like pretty crazy with um, let's see, what what was the big thing that happened this week?
0: Well, I <laughs> ate oh, I had some like uh gastrointestinal issues. Oh. Okay. no i'm just kidding i i wish really wish i hadn't hadn't have said that actually that's going to come back to bite me <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um no no i yeah i i it was the debate as you yeah. know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we watched yeah. it i watched the, it i watched about an hour of it
1: the super bowl of politics
0: and then i had to go to bed oh i just chose to go to bed i couldn't i don't think i could really do it anymore
1: <laughs> why do you hate america josh
0: you know, I, I don't hate America, but I did say this. <laughs> I said this to my dad. You know, I, I was like, there was a clear loser in that debate last night. You want to know who it was? Who? The American people.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. They That's lost true. the debate. I wonder if America can can write that off on our taxes to reduce our financial tax liability.
0: We cannot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the people that was debating uh, this week actually would probably consider doing that since uh, they only pay like $750 in taxes.
0: <laughs> Listen, dude, how is that even possible? Like, don't you feel like that there's something more like where he pays something more somewhere else? Like, do you really feel like, is it is it something illegal? Is it something, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It just feels like, the whole thing feels a little weird to me. Like everyone it just seems like everyone these days is just attacking someone's character, or they said this, or they said that, or they didn't say that. I mean, half of the arguments in that debate were just like, you know, this person is terrible and they are horrible and ugly and no one likes them. And then very <laughs> little to do, it felt like with anything of substance. Um and yet I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like The New York Times, I know it's a big deal that people publish their tax returns. Uh I guess it's been, I'm not sure when that became a big deal. Maybe you'll know more about that, that presidents publish their tax returns. Um, I'm sure there's some controversy where a president did it and then it started a precedent, you know, where now they started saying it all the time. But it's just like, um, you know, know, I just wonder if he's a good businessman and, and whatever it is, like if there's other taxes that were paid in different ways. I don't know how that all works. No, income is a little different from like Medicaid and all that stuff. So I just wonder like, how did he do it? That's what I really yeah. want
1: to know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not, well, actually I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, I, I am critiquing the president fairly, fairly harshly about, um, you know, the amount of taxes that he's paid. Um, maybe I shouldn't because I suppose that we all sort of you know cheer when we don't have to pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. Um but but the the method by which he was only able to pay $750 seems illegal. I'm not a lawyer, but I just play one on a podcast um where <laughs> where he, you know, devalues his investments but inflates his worth in order to like get really good loans and also to limit his tax liability. So I, I don't know exactly if that's against the law. My guess is it probably is, but I, you know, I, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to sort of devalue the worth of say this podcast to limit how much I have to pay in taxes in April, you know, just to see if it works. But my guess is I'll probably go to jail <laughs> if if I do that. Um, but other people that do it, you know, kind of, I don't know, like it, it, it's, I don't want to get into sort of like this unfair system and whatnot, but in in essence, you know, I do believe in the Times reporting um, on this particular issue because it, it it matches up. Like if if you've been following sort of the president for a while and you read a lot of the different things about him and you listen to Michael Cohen's testimony as personal lawyer, and he basically says everything that this Times uh, report, um, you know, like says, then it's, it's hard to not see, you know, the dishonesty kind of within sort of like the president and his tax advisors and, and whatnot. Although, although, like, I was talking to someone recently about, you know, I said, hey, um, I do think that whoever leaked these things to the New York Times should probably go to jail. Because I like, like even though the information they leaked is beneficial to the broader public, and the New York Times kind of did what they did, you know, um, someone did break the law. You know, I mean, yeah, just gave uh,
0: gave away tax tax records.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to do that, right? Um, I don't know. I don't think you are. I mean, the, the, the only the only way I could see this not necessarily being against the law is if it was one of you know Trump's tax people, <laughs> you know, basically saying, this dude is not going to be winning the election. I don't want to go to jail, you know, so um, here you go.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, Josh Bertram here, faithful host of the Faithful Politics Podcast. I want to let you know about a compelling new spinoff, the Faith Roundtable where I'll be interviewing top faith leaders, theologians, and scholars to unpack the pressing issues that are shaping the church in America today. We'll dive into topics like faith in public life, social justice, and how we can engage our communities more effectively. Make sure you don't miss any of our enlightening conversations by subscribing to it on our YouTube channel. Join me at the Faith Roundtable, where deep discussion meets thoughtful insight. So but, the whole idea here is that there's something like se- seriously, I mean, what the New York Times is saying is that there's something seriously illegal in what he's doing. Are they making that accusation?
1: Um, I, I, the first article they wrote, they didn't necessarily make any um, like uh, objective determination that you know Trump's going to go to jail when he leaves office. Um, I don't mm. think that they they went that far. Um, I think basically they just put out their sort of reporting into the universe, and we'll kind of let the let the cards fall where they may. But um, yeah, and it, the, the sad the sad part is, is Trump has done such a really good job vilifying and demonizing the New York Times that those that don't make it a habit to read New York Times will just say, yeah, you know, they just concocted this entire this entire thing, you know, and. And they're just trying to bring the president down, and which I, don't know, I mean, which i'm I'm sure that the timeliness of the of the article in the files probably has something to do with that, but you know at the heart sure. of the at the heart of the matter, it's like there's still this i don't know this very devastating thing that that speaks to the president's character, so but yeah,
0: it's gonna be interesting. I know my um I know somebody um who has told me, and they were just like kind of a. I mean, they 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 made more money at one point, um, but they they weren't like um, I don't know what to say. They're they're upper middle class, but they said they paid like uh, forty thousand dollars in taxes. Oh, jeez, wow! And then you got a guy paying seven fifty. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you mm. do it. I need yeah. his tax guys.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, well, you know, I, I I guess if there's a cup have full you know, a way to view this is that Trump paid $750 more than Amazon did in taxes. So, well, I there, guess you go, dude. so there you go. Yeah. Jeff but,
0: Bezos. We can all borrow some from him.
1: Yeah. For shizzo for shizzo bizzo.
0: <laughs> so th- this freak show of a debate, I'm going to offend everybody, but I don't care at this point. We always offend people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You really offend the people though. You just love offending people it's
1: true I kind of do but I'm really a nice guy of once once people get to know me
0: yeah you are you got that you got that like hey let me let me kind of say this and and say it almost jokingly but really I'm like like slicing this you know whole thing apart you know (laughs) taking it down and you got a smile on your face you're like oh yeah and by the way he did something really illegal and he should go to jail (laughs) (laughs) And, and what didn't wasn't Trump gonna arrest Hillary Clinton whatever happened with that
1: uh, he let us anyway, all down, yeah. I digress, yeah,
0: but um, but sleepy joe sleepy yeah. joe and 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 king trump
1: yeah yeah, yeah, no um uh, uh the the debate um in my opinion, kind of went as expected i I would probably yeah. say that Trump might have come out a little bit too strong um yeah and 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 i i I say that from, from the viewpoint of if this is the first time really paying attention to him, um, you're gonna you're gonna think, wow, this guy just is interrupting, you know, he's not very respectful, you know. And and I think that there's kind of a time and place for that, maybe like later in the debate, but when you're coming straight out the gate, right. Um, I really think it it kind of sets a terrible precedent. And and I I'm I'm curious on how you know Trump supporters are 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 wondering how he's bringing in more people because you know if if you're part of his base you're you're watching his performance and you're thinking wow, that's great that's exactly why why we voted for the guy you know but but if you're look if you're like trump's pollster and, and you're thinking you know no like we we need to win you know minnesota, we need to win wisconsin you know <laughs> like, and, yeah. and the only way to do that is we have to appeal to some of the people that uh biden's pulling from you know and and I don't know how that debate necessarily accomplished any of that.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought the same thing. So as someone who has essentially been like a, what I would say, a semi-Trump supporter and Trump tolerant tolerator I don't know if that's the right word <laughs> but but you know I mean I, I I voted for him in 2016 and I did so because of and I've talked to you about it in depth but because of the the court system and I feel very validated actually and I know we're going to get into that but I feel very validated because I feel like in one sense Trump's really done his job as far mm-hmm. as I could see now in it, terms for the reason that I voted for him Mm. Um, and that, that he had the nominations to the Supreme court. We're going to see how this one goes through with Amy Coney Barrett. And then he did, um, appoint quite a few judges. He said 300 in the debate. Um, I don't know if that's the true amount of judges, but I do remember researching it and seeing it was about a quarter of the judges Mm. right now, currently on, on the bench, is that he appointed in the federal judiciary. So yeah. I felt, as for someone from coming from my point of view, very validated in my reasoning behind um, voting for Trump. Mm. So I did want to point that out, just to give myself a pat on the back.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, some people are are single-issue voters, and it doesn't matter what the heck like they did the rest of their term, as long as they kind of, you know, checked out the things off the list that you voted for them. I mean, I was the same way. I voted for Obama twice in 2008 and 12 because one, um, he ran on a platform of getting us out of the Iraq war and two on um, healthcare. Um, So, so with the Iraq war thing, um, I got married in 2008. And shortly after I got married, I got a letter in the mail, um, saying that they want to pull me back to Iraq, um, and you know, mind you, like I'm married like two months, you know, and they're like, yeah, we want to send you back there for like a year, eighteen months, or something like that, you know, and 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 uh, uh I I was I was telling my wife, I'm like, like we have to vote for this guy because I don't want to go back to Iraq, <laughs> like been there, done yes. that, I got the t-shirt, you know, and and like steel wires on my back, you know, so yes, um, so we voted. For him, and he won, and got us pulled out. Um, you know, and you know, like I, I, I felt, I felt validated, um, and felt pretty good about it. I voted for him again, and you know, he got healthcare passed. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not hating on you, Josh.
0: I'm well, thanks, man. I mean, I so <laughs> I'm, I appreciate it. I mean, I don't know if I'm a one issue voter. I mean, I, I there are several major issues. That I have, and we've talked a little bit about those before on the podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. But those are kind of really, I mean, the judges and – anyway, we don't have to get into all that now. We probably don't have time. But I did want to mention about the debate. What do you think were the most major things? And we're going Um, to talk about Amy Coney Barrett, but what what, what were the most major things in that debate that you think, you know, for people that maybe didn't listen or they didn't – they're curious – what do you imagine is are, are the biggest newsworthy things that came out of that debate?
1: Um you know what what's what's interesting is I I I I think the most newsworthy thing that came out of that debate isn't even so much what they said but rather how they said it. Like if you were to rewatch the debate um you would see a couple different things. One you would see Quite a few times, um, Joe Biden actually looking straight in the camera, talking to the American people. Yes. Um, basically appealing to them, you know, that that if if you want better, like I can be better, you know, <laughs> and and you didn't really see that once happening from Trump. Trump basically had a um I I thought he was mainly on the defensive most of the time, um, trying to, you know, like self grandize. Um, make himself seem better. I mean, he even threw out a couple of insults that I think kind of fell flat when he was talking about like um, Biden being smart or something. I, he went on this one tangent where he's just like smart. You can't even say the word smart, you know, because like you're stupid, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and I right. just thought I was like, what the heck? Like that's the president of the United States, uh, and you know, I I also saw, um, you know, Biden really kind of keep his cool um which i i was a little i was a little concerned that he would get rattled um but but no i i i those are probably some of the the biggest things what well, what about you
0: well i think that one thing is that i you know it was it was hard to listen to in and, and i think in this case more trump um and that he interrupted biden so much that that was very difficult to listen and that's not new like i've seen that in different uh presidential debates. I remember when Trump was uh, debating Hillary Clinton, they just like hated each other. And mm-hmm. it seemed like there's such vitriol and it was, it just kind of feels like a repetition of that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I did kind of think he was getting under Biden's skin when Biden said, would you just shut up, man? <laughs> <laughs> and of course that's been the thing. Like I was like, Oh man, he's getting under his skin. And I just felt like that's what he was trying to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, there was no surprise, and I'm sure that nobody was surprised by that. I, I don't think either side really surprised anybody. I did think Biden kind of showed his age a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was thinking about this man: if if he gets elected, he will be in his 80s. Yeah. Um, is he going to run for president again? Is they, in his 80s, or is he just going to be a one-term guy? Is yeah. it just hey, let's get? I I don't know. So here's what. Maybe I'll say what I think on this. I don't know if I'm ready to reveal that yet. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I thought that it was... I didn't... It almost seemed like that guy Chris Wallace was almost feeding... Like, like, it didn't seem like he liked Trump very much. Mm-hmm. It was almost like feeding Biden, like, information sometimes. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. But then I'm like looking and 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 I I felt like Trump was true to his character of what he's what he's been like. Mm-hmm. I think he went to what he knew was the case. I didn't think it was like kind of felt re- like ridiculous for Biden to blame Trump for like our economy. Mm-hmm. Um I just Um, But then it was felt very very ridiculous that Trump would say something like if you were in charge, like it was like this counterfactual (laughs) about like, you know, like using that as evidence in a debate. It's just weird. Like, well, if you were in charge, you know, you would have lost two million people. Be Like, well, 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 if you were in my situation, well, then you just be stupid. And, you know, like (laughs) we just (laughs) like it is like like these things that aren't really like anything of substance. And it just kept. Hearing and then, of course, the big thing is I didn't what did Biden ever like uh, condemn Antifa and did Trump ever condemn white supremacy?
1: Uh, not in the debate, but I mean, I I, I don't really, really jump on those trains because I think it's just but th- those those are like arguments that I think are kind of stupid. I mean, mm. you know, it's 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 one of those, you know, do I really need Biden to condemn Antifa no cuz he's done it before and do I need Trump to condemn the proud boys and white supremacy no cuz like he's done it before you know like it doesn't necessarily have to be this like continuous like well you didn't condemn big bird when big bird you know <laughs> decided to you know totally like ghost nuffulupicus you know and and I'm just like I I don't care like like let's just next topic please you know I
0: did that last week
1: yeah. in the New York Times <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and I I posted something recently on social media where I said, you know, well, Trump did come out with like this platinum package um that was supposed to be this um plan kind of specifically focused on on the black community. And I I I, I posted it somewhat snark, snarky like, you know, where I said if 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 all lives are supposed to matter, why did the president just come out with a plan that focuses mainly on black lives? Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's a, it's a dumb argument. Um, I'm over it.
0: Yeah. that may, I, I understand. That makes yeah. sense. Well, moving on from the debate, dude, we, uh, we're, we're in an exciting political time. Yeah. We have, uh, we have a record setting, uh, confirmation in front of us.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trump is supposed to nominate, um, maybe not record
0: setting, but pretty quick.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's supposed to be nominating Merrick Garland um to the Oh wait, I'm sorry, hold on. Um <laughs> yep, I'm, yeah, my bad. Um he's he's gonna be nominating um Amy Coney Barrett. So she she's a she's a 48-year-old woman um who was appointed to the uh US Circuit Court of Appeals in 2017. Um so she's a she's relatively new kind of in the, in the judge world. Um, you know, her, her Senate confirmation, actually um, there's a lot of just interpretation of it in the media. One with Diane Feinstein saying that she, you know, kind of wears her dogma on her sleeve or something like that. But, right. but, um, but she actually got confirmed um, with the support of three Democrats, um, Tim Kaine, Manchin, and Donnelly. Um, so, I, I, I think kind of in this hyper-partisan time, like, like we shouldn't necessarily discount that. I mean, it wasn't just like a strict party line vote to confirm her. Um, but but a little background about her, though, she grew up in Louisiana. She went to law school in Notre Dame. Um, she was like a top student um, in her class before uh, she actually traveled or went to went to Washington, um, where she clerked um, in the D.C. Circuit under Justice Scalia. Um, and then she stayed there a couple years to practice law. Then she started a law firm um, called Miller Cassidy, which was like a, 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 boutique law firm. Um, and was like, it was one of the hardest jobs to get in Washington as a, as a young law student at the time, but, but mm. she did it. Um, and she stayed there for, for a couple years, went back to Notre Dame, um, to teach as a law professor for about 15 years, uh, before she got confirmed in 2017, Um, and from all accounts, she's kind of loved by everybody, um, her faculty or students. Um, I mean, there's kind of been nothing but sort of an outpouring of support for her from, from those that, that know her. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, I think it's probably well-deserved, you know, and she, she, she's, I think she's the youngest of seven kids and her, herself have, like her and her husband have seven kids, uh, one of which is adopted from Haiti and one of her I think her youngest son has like Down syndrome or something like that. So it's, it was kind of funny. They they showed videos mm-hmm. of her after um Um Trump announced her in the Rose Garden, you know, and and uh, there was like videos of her taking her kids and family like in one minivan and SUV, you know, like I mean That's seven awesome. people. And I was it's I a was lot thinking of people, to my man yeah, I was thinking to myself, like,
0: no, it's nine people, it's seven kids.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, it's nine people, and and I was thinking, I wonder if the floor of her minivan looks like the floor of my minivan right now, uh, like not anymore, candy. dude.
0: The Secret <laughs> Service came and uh, cleaned that up.
1: <laughs> it's true. Like, I was, I was, we were driving the other day, and we're like turning, uh, like oh, we're probably going too fast on an intersection or something, and and just like you hear this like wave of like old McDonald toys slide from one side of the van to the other. <laughs> and, and like, and my my oldest is like, what was that noise? It's like, I couldn't help. I'm just like, it's all you, <laughs> your toys. You need, a, you need to pick it up. <laughs> so I, 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 <laughs> I got to think, you know, like she's pretty relatable in the sense that she's got all these kids in a minivan. So, um, yeah, what do, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about her?
0: You know, I don't know that much about her i've done a little bit of research i mean i know that from her from what i understand of her stances on the constitution as an originalist from her stances on many issues i care about i mean i'm happy personally Mm -hmm. to have her in in there i understand the controversy Mm -hmm. um that there's not, there isn't a Supreme Court nomination that doesn't have controversy. I don't think it's possible mm-hmm. at this point. So. I, I I have no issues with her. I mean, she's. I, I was thinking when you said she was a top student, I'm like, I wonder what Supreme Court justice was not a top student <laughs> at some point. Like, did they like ever like nominate just like a freaking pothead that just like dropped out of school? You know, what I mean, <laughs> obviously not. But like, you know, someone who just like decided to take the bar and like got it and then like. Or like, better call Saul, like that guy. Would he ever? Would he ever get nominated to the Supreme Court? You know,
1: yeah, or probably. He, well, you know, the uh, um, there actually is zero qualifications for a justice um, in the Constitution. So- zero. Yeah, So you I
0: could be a justice.
1: You could. So uh, so from from the Supreme Court website, it says the Constitution does not specify qualifications for justices such as age, education, profession, or native-born citizenship. Um, a justice does not have to be a lawyer or a law school graduate, but all justices have been trained in the law. Many of the 18th and 19th century justices study law under a mentor because there are few law schools in the country. So, yes, you, you – can your kids could actually be a justice? Mm. There you go.
0: Well, maybe can I run for justice? <laughs>
1: Shoot, I, um, I need well, to
0: figure out some way to do it.
1: You you could run from justice. I can't because I'm black. <laughs> hey, I'll hey be but you all know all what, folks.
0: dude? <laughs> you know what though, man i i i I can still become president when I'm 80. So yeah, good point. I got a lot of time left.
1: You do. Yeah. For my
0: political career.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, um, the appointment of Judge Amy Barrett is, is, has got a lot of people kind of worried, uh, more on the left than, than the right. Um, because obviously it's going to, it's going to await the Supreme Court, um, fairly conservatively, um, which, um, I, I I mentioned to Candice when we had our, our special bonus episode about an R B G, you know that that I don't I'm not necessarily of the mindset that uh, political affiliations weigh a lot with a lot of their decisions or at least favoritism. I, I think it it does sort of inform some of their right. their decisions, but um, you know, with with Amy Barrett coming on board because um, she'll she'll probably get confirmed. You know, I mean the 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 farthest right justice on the Supreme court, I would probably say as either Clarence Thomas or Kavanaugh. And then the furthest left, um, I would say is Sonia uh, Sotomayor and, and, um, posthumously are RBG. So I would, I would put, um, Barrett probably maybe to like the right of Neil Gorsuch, if not, um, the right of, uh, Sam Alito, but, but it, it's it's also worth noting too, though, that if if Trump gets reelected, um, he could he could actually fill probably another Supreme Court, um, spot. So that that's something that people just need to be aware of. I mean, like right. uh, I think the the next oldest person on Supreme Court, I believe, is Stephen Breyer, who's like eighty two or something. Um, so so there is you know a very high likelihood that you know, next four years, I'll be what, 46 or something, you know, that, 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 uh, that if, if, if you're on the fence about voting for Trump and justices are important to you, that's just something to think about. Um, yeah. So, that um, it's a lot of sense. Yeah. But, but the, the, the big thing with, with Amy C- uh, Coney Baird is she's really kind of getting beat up for her religion. Um, yeah. and I, I, I I don't know if, if, if you, if you could, if you could speak to that, um, from, from the religious standpoint, I mean, you are a pastor after all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought, <laughs> is it, is it the lemon test? Isn't it? What, what is it? Isn't there a test where you're not supposed to have to,
1: <laughs> you know, some <laughs> test
0: where you where your religion isn't supposed to matter, like, mm-hmm. uh, for holding public office. I thought that, uh, mm-hmm. seems like that is, um, I don't know. It seems like that's fading, not, not not f- functionally and formally, but, uh, Mm-mm. in the public eye, you know, it yeah. seems like anyone who's an evangelical Christian or a Catholic or has like kind of these religious views, that's going to be really, and, and for Muslims in the past, you know, Mormons, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's kind of always been there. Like it was people afraid of Catholic president, you know, mm-hmm. um, Protestants were afraid, like imagine a Muslim president,
1: mm. um, we they, had one before Trump, right?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. He was Muslim. Oh <laughs> wait, um, and uh, but people like, I think what this does actually is this kind of it does two things. It it emphasizes again to me the importance of the First Amendment, which has both in um, free exercise clause and an establishment clause. For these kinds of issues where we know that, look, the government shouldn't be telling you how to worship um, and should not, uh, you know, regulate a specific type of worship, uh, religion, and it should not make you – it should not on the other side have you like prohibit your free exercise – of religion, mm-hmm. The reason that I'm bringing that up is that we have, uh, in this country, we really, in many ways, the Western tradition has been unique in coming up with this idea of separation of church and state um, or this idea of uh, freedom of religion, which, of course, then would require some type of separation of church and state, you know, some kind of it would require something that made it so that you wouldn't have to like like your religion there had to be some kind of some kind of distance functionally between religion and political power religious power and political power religious belief and political power that being said it also brings to my mind a deep understanding that all of us to me are religious we all mm-hmm. have very deeply held values, and you simply cannot separate religion and politics yeah. conceptually. You may be able to separate them formally and functionally in terms of a governing authority, but you cannot separate them really politically. Um, you can't really separate them conceptually and in our hearts because we are political people, all of us. And we have we make decisions based on our politics our deeply held belief in our religion i the so and our religious deeply held core values so to me um they're attacking her and making a big deal just as much as someone on the left with uh you know with that they would be feared by more conservative or um quote-unquote religious uh, individuals because of their deeply held beliefs and because we all think, hey, you know what? This person is going to try to vote as much as they can. You know, they're going to try to... They're, they, you cannot simply say that their deep, most deeply held beliefs won't affect the way that they vote and make decisions. Um, but that goes for every single person on the Supreme Court, I think, that we know. So... I think it just underscores for me again. Well, the very fact that we're doing this podcast, Faithful Politics, those two things can't be separated.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, you you know, it's it's interesting. Um doing some research about her, some of her cases, some of her um thoughts about stuff. Um, I, I, I came across some some of her comments that she made um in her, in her Senate hearing back in 2017, um, there's there's some questions that that were posed about her her religion, um, and in, on on one instance, she uh, when asked about um, you know how does her religion as a as an Orthodox Catholic person kind of come into play, um, she says, and I quote: "If if you're asking whether I take my faith seriously, and I'm a faithful Catholic, I am. Although I would stress that my personal church affiliation." Or my religious belief would not bear in the discharge of my duties as a judge. Um, On another occasion, she said, I would decide cases according to rule of law, beginning to end, and in the rare circumstances that might ever arise, I can't imagine one sitting here now where I felt that I had some conscientious objection to the law I would recuse. I would never impose my own personal convictions upon the law. And then uh, the last quote I've got is, she says the judge may never subvert the law or twist it in any way to match the judge's convictions from whatever source they derive. And so, so what I what I take from that is the fact that she she understands she's got this deeply held belief. She it it will guide how she kind of prosecutes her day to day activities. Sure. Um, but she's not going to necessarily let it you know, interfere. Like I, there was another one, I don't have the quote in front of me where she was asked about like the death penalty and, you know, and, and if whether or not her faith would in good conscience allow her to, you know, sentence somebody to death. And she said, yeah, like, you know, that, that, that she would, you know, like she, she would be able to compartmentalize like her faith and kind of like her job and, you know, be able to, to do that. And I know that that probably brings up all kinds of other sort of questions, but, but, you know, so from the conservative side, if you're, if you're hearing that, you're probably wondering what the heck, you know, like, well, we wanted this Christian to be up there because we want them like get rid of Roe v. Wade. And we want them to like do all these different things for the cause, you know, and then if you're, if you're on the liberal side, you're probably listening to that wondering if that's even true or if you can trust it, uh, and if you do, maybe it'll make you feel a little bit better about yourself, you know. Because w- w- one of the one of the most frustrating things I think um, about this whole thing is that, um, you know, people are like surprised of uh, of her faith and are are totally bypassing the fact that Joe Biden is like an Orthodox Catholic as well. Yes. Uh, so. You know, why Why are we just attacking her on her faith? You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that, again, we can't separate ourselves from our most deeply held beliefs. And I think that she is an originalist. So what that means is she's tr- going to try to execute the, what the law says. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure it's more nuanced than that, but she's going to execute what the law says. As faithfully as she can and i my hope is that she will do that and i think for conservatives we've been complaining about quote-unquote judicial activism for a long time um so we should be prepared to let that uh let that sword cut both ways um and and not expect judicial activism on the part of uh more conservative judges um Cause I think it's more, it's one of the sense it's more an originalist judge, which I'm, I'm happy about. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that we should, I think we have a process where people can pass laws that they want different and, uh, you know, that can get convoluted. I understand it's not that simple, but I think the more we can make, get it to that ideal, the better.
1: Yeah. I guess that the last, the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, Once the Senate confirmation hearings start, things are going to get super ugly and it's not going to be pretty. And from everything I've read about her, she actually seems like a pretty decent person. Like um, most people that have worked with her have said they like her. She's got a great attitude, super smart. Um, So if you are a um, liberal Democrat that's not necessarily all that fond of this appointment, like that's fine. You know, I, I would just encourage our listeners to hop on like SCOTUSblog.com, um, read a little bit more about her, learn a little bit about her rulings, make kind of informed um, decisions and opinions, you know, and, and blast Republicans for confirming her. Don't necessarily blast her because um, I think that, she, like like I said, most of the reading I did, I I think she's probably a fine, fine lady. So
0: Yeah, that makes sense, man. Dude, thanks for, for uh, bringing all that.
1: Bringing the heat. That's right. Bringing the heat, dude. That's what you're <laughs> well, good at. Well, um, looks like we're about done. So, yeah, thanks again, Josh.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. It was always a pleasure. We'll uh, see you next time.
1: Yeah, we will do. Peace.